What's up, Ashley fam? You guys are in for a real treat today. Uh, Ash and I are sitting down with child behavior coach and child development specialist Lauren Pace. You can find her on Instagram at exolaurenpace or exolaurenpace.com. Lauren is a mother, a researcher, a speaker, and a coach. If you look her up on our website or Instagram, you'll hear her talking all the time about addressing challenging behavior, working on emotional development of the child, and creating a Christ-centered home. We're so excited for you to hear this conversation we had with Lauren, where she basically becomes our personal coach for our kids, and all that she teaches will apply to your kids as well, present or future, and you guys are in for a real treat. So without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Lauren. Lauren, we're so happy to have you here with us today. You're one of my favorite Instagrammers and bloggers, and it's kind of becoming a trend right now that I'm forcing all of them to come on our podcast so everyone can know about them. So thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast, and we're so happy to have you here. You're welcome. I'm so excited. It makes me feel good when you say that because, you know, I put my heart <laughs> and soul into it, so... Um, I love that. I can totally tell. I found We found you when our little boy was turning... He was just starting to have some behavioral issues that we weren't like we just didn't know how to how to handle them. And we knew he was still good and kind and pure. We just didn't know how to be the best parent for him. And I started looking on Instagram for some really good, really supportive, uplifting parenting Instagrammers. And I found you and I've been following you religiously ever since. And we quote things that you say all around the house. We went we went to Disneyland the other day not the other day, the other, like a couple weeks ago. And all I kept saying was, he doesn't have bad behavior. He's missing a skill. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And Dallin was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Lauren went to Hawaii <laughs> and she talked about this right before we came to Disneyland. It was the that perfect awesome. timing for us. Yeah. So we wanted oh, to, good. we wanted to just kind of like jump into your story and let you talk for a minute. I know a little bit about you. What I do know is that you kind of had a change of careers. You had, you were inspired to go to grad school and become a behavior coach and a child development specialist. And I kind of want to hear like, what led you to that path? What took you there? Yeah. How'd you get started and, and how'd you get to where you are today? Okay. So, um, ever since I was 11, I've been babysitting for families. My first job was after school club. Um, when I came to college, I worked as a, um, teacher for, an autistic preschool. Mm -hmm. And so when I was there, I was, my major was originally special education. I'm like, I really love kids who have mates. As I worked with these kids in the preschool level, I realized like my passion was actually like younger kids. Then I switched and I did child development and I worked in four preschools during that college experience. And then, um, and then I was a head teacher for a couple of years and I worked at the hospital for a couple of years and I worked at the university and that was the best. I loved it. Um, but while I was teaching at the university, I had a really, 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 really tough class and a really not so great boss. Hopefully she never listens to this. Right. Um, <laughs> I have some of those bosses too. I'm like, yeah. I really hope they never listen. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She just like was not supportive. And, um, anyways, it was hard because I felt really stuck with my classroom and I felt um, like I was kind of failing as their teacher because I just had, it was mostly boys, which does things that shifts kind of, um, just the, the, the energy, feel of the whole maybe. classroom. Yeah. The energy. Exactly. Um, and there was just some really big incidents. There was kids who weren't coming to group. There was kids who were, um, like really aggressive behaviors and like stabbing kids with pencils when they were frustrated, that kind of thing. And, um, 
when it happens to certain kids, then certain parents get involved and it just becomes this nightmare situation for the teacher. And when you don't have support from the director, it's like, this is so hard. So it was my like life goal at that point to figure out how to um, address behavior in my classroom, how to figure out like what they needed or like what classroom management system. And there's like all these charts on Pinterest where you can move their child up to green or down to red, like Mm -hmm. with the clothespins Mm -hmm. Um, or what they're, are they called clothespins? Yeah, Yeah, I I think think so. so. (laughs) Like a clip system. um, Yeah. The clip system. And I mean, all that kind of stuff is super popular, but it's just stuff like that, that I got in the very basic minimum education on behavior was not working. And so I was like, I got to figure this out like more and more and more. Well, I went to a national conference. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was, so I taught kindergarten and even that stuff with really challenging students who have behavioral issues sometimes seems to like frustrate them even more. Oh, like 100%. the clip system. Like I could do a whole podcast probably on the clip system, um, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but what all I'm saying is like the stuff that was out there that is like mainstream for teachers to use is actually a lot of times like usually hurting the kid who needs it the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so these kids are shamed for their behavior and everyone else who's going to do awesome no matter what is going to be on green all day. So we got to figure out what, like what, how can I help this kid? So I went to this national conference and I came back with some like tools and I teach a lot of some of these things that I learned, um, in a lot of my courses, but like some of it was just like 90, 10. So it was like 90% positive attention to every direction or correction. So instead of like just being on this kid's case all day, I'm like, okay, nine out of 10 times I have to be having a positive interaction. And just that alone started to change things. So I'm like, what else can I do? And so I found positive behavior support and that's the system that I used to teach all of my behavior stuff now, um, which is basically you figure out what they're trying to communicate with their behavior. And then instead of just ending the behavior, you want to um, teach them new skills so that 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 negative behavior can be replaced with the skill that you want them to be able to communicate that need appropriately with. Um, so for example, like this kid who was like stabbing kids with a pencil, like from the outside perspective, parents are like, this is psychopath behavior. We need to expel him. Um, but really what was going on is he didn't know how to enter play. And so he thought, okay, if I can make a big enough reaction and stab this kid with a pencil, then they'll pay attention to me. So instead of just ending it and say, you can't be here anymore, go somewhere else. We're like, we got to teach him the skills he needs to be able to communicate this appropriately. Anyway, so I got started with that and like it changed this kid's life. He was going to be expelled and I still like follow his family very closely and love him to death. And so I'm really glad that we didn't give up on him. And then the fire ignited inside of me. I was 39 weeks pregnant with my son, my first son. Oh my gosh. When I started grad school. Wow. I don't even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so I like went to school. It was Labor Day. Oh, you're and like, then hey guys. I had one week off and then I came back like not pregnant. It was crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. My teacher was like, okay. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, then I studied it and I, um, I worked with families in um, my thesis research. And so I had three different families and a pilot family. And anyways, I went into their home and did this intervention with them and got really good results. Um, I would change some things on it and I have changed some things to do it on my own now Mm -hmm. so that I can coach parents from around the world. Um, But like 
as soon as I got into this like behavior, this is my thing. I just got so passionate about it. And I don't even know if you have followed me long enough to know that I used to, my um, Excel Lauren Pace Instagram page used to be a design page like only. So I did watercolor and I did logos and I did fabric design. Um, and then when, as soon as I got like super passionate about child development, I just kind of like, was like, I don't want to do this anymore full time. I want to like change lives. And so that's a long story. That. It's a, the name but... <laughs> works with, with, with child development though, too. XO. Yeah. 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 I actually changed it to be child development. It used to be pace made design. Oh, so okay. now I have like a smaller account where I do share some of the design stuff that I do now that my kids are older. Um, but my passion and what I want to do my whole life is with parents and kids and helping with behavior. Huh. That's awesome. We want to dive into, we were on your website and we saw that you have kind of like three pillars that you hit on hard, um, challenging behavior, emotional development, and creating a Christ-centered home. And we kind of wanted to hit on those with you. Don and I were reading through them and they're so, so good they're for any parent to read. I think that's kind of like everything I read from you. I'm just like, oh, why didn't someone teach me this? Or how come I don't <laughs> have this in my heart already as a parent? Or, you know, like it's just such good things that kind of, the normal way of thinking about child development or about your child or about parenting, it's a very different approach. It, and it feels yeah. foreign, but it also feels so much better. It feels right. You know, it's like, oh, I've been searching for this and now it feels so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just helps you be more like, like understand the why behind it. Not just like, I see all this, all this behavior going on and I don't know what to like, I feel like I need to control the kid, but you can't really control them, you know? So like, Talk towards that first one a little bit, like challenging behavior we and can even how give you, you see it versus like we can talk about in terms of our own son if you want to. So our challenging yeah. behavior right now is the pacifier. Our sweet little three-year-old loves that pacifier probably more than anyone in his family. And it's he we've got it down to only needing it at night right now. And honestly, I don't even know if it's something we need to take away or not. Everyone tells us we do. And we've tried and it just seems... It just seems so hard. So I'm just, I always put it off because I'm looking for, I just, I don't want to traumatize him. I want it to be something somehow we yeah. both come to versus me lying to him or me like throwing it away in his face. Or hiding it for hiding Santa Claus. It. Yeah, for Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of different suggestions on how to get rid of them. Yes. Okay, well, would you like to hear my take on it? Yes. Please. So much. Okay. So first of all, I just want to say before I even start, Everybody else's opinions don't matter. When it's your child, you know best. You are the best parent for your child. So, like, if grandma says something or your friend says something, it doesn't matter because you know your child best. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, there's obviously some, you know, guidelines. Like, you want to be able to discipline your child and, you know, you want them to be, like, good members of society and happy and all that. Um so, like, obviously, when they're, like, 10 years old, it's probably not developmentally appropriate anymore to be sucking on a pacifier. Right. Um, but at three, he's still in this stage. And so my son, like, for for my son, he um, his thing was bottles. He would have a bottle at night, and we stopped. Um, let's see. I think the last time he had a bottle was, like, right after he turned three. Yeah, I remember your post. And I was like, oh, yeah. gosh, she's stopping. Maybe <laughs> we should stop the pacifier. Yeah. Well, it's hard because, like, it's a teeth thing. But for him, it was, like, kind of a crutch. It was to the point where 
he every time he was upset, he wanted a bottle, which is fine when you're a baby and you're a toddler and you're figuring out those emotions. Mm-hmm. But I wanted him to learn like new ways to self-soothe. And so instead we do like milk in a cup or milk in like a different um, just type of lid, mm-hmm. just so he wasn't so attached to the thing. So he could still have his milk for a while. And now he doesn't even do, it was like a protein bottle. He doesn't even drink that anymore. He'll drink like a cup of milk. Um, so it's like, it's nice and it's kind of a hard transition, but like for him, he really was sued, sued from the process of sucking. Right. So That's when you tell a kid to stop sucking, who needs to suck, who has the sensory need to suck, uh-huh. which is your boy, which is my boy, um, then they're going to suck their thumb. They're going to suck the blanket. They're going to suck their um, shirt. Right. He was starting kid, to, to put his yeah. hands in his mouth. And I don't know. I don't know if that's worse. I was kind of, I don't I know. Think it, I honestly think it might be worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because of the germs, the germ factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so these kids who use sucking in order to self-soothe, if we take away, if we just say no more pacifier, then they're just going to morph that behavior into something else. And maybe they're not going to suck something, but maybe they're going to be more ornery because they don't know how to self-suit. Right. I felt so when I took it away. To give them, yeah, I felt like yeah. I was just leaving him with nothing. And it was yeah. not a happy place. Absolutely. So you know the why. The why isn't that they just want to be a baby forever. The why is that sucking things helps them calm down. It's like taking away breathing from a kid who needs to breathe to calm down. Like, you mm-hmm. just can't do it. So... You have to replace that skill with something that's appropriate for them to suck on. So as he gets older, then maybe you just do like a sippy with water because that's not as squishy. And so it's like moving to the next phase of he's still sucking. Um, It's not going to damage his teeth because it's water and not juice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is he could have like chew necklace, like a chew necklace. Okay. um, And like suck on that as he gets older. What? Would be and, like what would be the words you would say to him when when you're when like he he asked for his pacifier? Do you just say no? You can suck on this now, or is there like an explanation moment? Where so I would so I don't know if you've seen anything about like my green arrow moment uh-huh. stuff. So basically, when the behavior is escalating, so like it's bedtime and then he doesn't get his pacifier, then he's going to freak out, right? Like that is not the time to address the missing pacifier. So you want to talk about it before the situation even happens where he's still still in a neutral state of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're just like, okay, so like, okay, buddy, like we're going to not use your pacifier anymore at night because it's starting. You can do whatever explanation you want. It's just starting to, uh, we're going to start trying some other things to calm down at night. So you have, you can choose to use a sippy. You can choose to use this suck necklace. You can choose to have like a a cup with a straw right before bed. What do you think would be the best thing for you to calm down at night? And then they choose, and then you bring that to bed with him. Okay. Okay. All right. We're like we'll terrified. We'll try it and report back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a hard one to kick. I know because I did it with my son. Uh-huh. So yeah. it can take it can take a lot. Of, they they have a lot of fight in them at this age because uh-huh. they've done it for so long. So. Stay tuned for more Big Little Life with the Dashleys.
We are supported by BetterHelp. You guys know that Ashley and I are all about improving ourselves and our mental health and the health of our relationship. And BetterHelp is an online option where you can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions. You can even chat and text with your therapist. There are over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states specializing in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, anything you share is confidential. This is available worldwide and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. There is financial aid available for those who qualify. It's secure, it's convenient, and it's professional and affordable. It's especially affordable for you guys, Big Little Life with the Dashes listeners, because you'll get a 10% off your first month coupon code with discount code Dashleys. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Dashleys. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash Dashleys. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, speaking of the fight in them in this age. I was um, about to ask this one. (laughs) Like going more along with your first pillar of challenging behavior. Um, George is getting really like... Well, even Jane, even our little girl. And James, she's turning two next month. George is three and a half. And uh, getting really like, ask him to do something and he'll just say, no. Or like he's really good at throwing little fits and stuff. Like if and down they're like, okay, we don't hit, we don't scream. Like, what do we do? What do we do when our kid is defiant? And so, like right now, we're just basically like, you know, just basically not giving any attention to him, and definitely not giving what he's asking for when he does that. But like, talk about talk towards that a little bit in in like the challenging behavior, a pillar that that you discuss I guess so often. Defiance yeah. would be be what it is. Okay, so. um a lot of times when this kind of, okay, like what's one of the behaviors he does, like hitting or just like the saying no? Oh, I thought you were, so I thought Down was going to say hitting, but um, we can go with defiance. He's just very, anything we ask him to do, it starts with like a scream no. And he usually ends okay. up doing it because we work on it, but we would really love for there not to be <laughs> the screaming no as the first. Okay, so, so to say, to, for him to say no, okay, so usually like when a kid says no, um, we would just like focus on that. Like, you don't say no to me. Like that's disrespectful type thing. Like, right. And, and I, I don't think, think we do that. I just think that's kind of generational kind uh-huh. of a thing that happens. Um, so instead we want to look at the why, why don't they want to do it? What is so hard for them about what you ask them to do that they're refusing to do it? Um, what could make it easier? What skills are they missing to be able to do the task that you want them to do? 
So um, give me like a situation where this would happen. Like you ask them to do something. I know it, it happens a lot, but there might be different reasons. So let's just focus in on one. I guess it just happened. Like, okay, George, it's it's nap time. Like, let's go downstairs and pick out some books to go and we'll take a nap and go read our books. So we try and... And he's, in, and he's no. like, yeah. Which is fine. So like we still go. he like nap time? I don't even, he, I think so. He likes it. He just like fights the process till we're in his room and then he's cool with it. So he's very. Transitions are really hard for kids. And so honestly, sometimes the biggest function of behavior, the reason why they say no, or the reason why they're freaking out or the reason why, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the reason is because transitions are hard. So having that as like the function, what do they need to be able to transition smoother? So for some kids, it's like a song that as soon as the song comes on, it's time to clean up whatever. Or for some kids, it's like having a picture chart. So they have like a schedule of this comes next. And I know this is going to come. Um, some kids use a warning, like a five minute, two minute, one minute. Uh-huh. So um, as you say this it, is, I'm just like, sorry, go ahead. I, as you're saying this, most of our issues are transitional moments, getting in yeah. the car, getting out of the car. Going into someone's house, leaving someone's house, going upstairs, going yeah. downstairs. Do you have like a timer for your kids or or like a song you actually play in the house? Or do they understand the vocabulary of like five minutes, one minute? So so, so they do not understand um, the concept of time at this age. But I have something called a mouse timer on my phone. And mm-hmm. I also use Alexa. So I'll just say Alexa set timer for five minutes. And when it goes off, the timer is like the boss. I don't have to like come back and... 20 minutes and be like, Oh, it's been five minutes because that doesn't make any sense. Um, but there's a mouse timer on my phone and like you can choose which bubbles are like available. So if you need five minutes, you can put the one bubble, the three bubble and the five bubble. And then they can choose which one they want. And then when the mouse eats all of the apples, it gets to the cheese and then it's like done. It's so cute. You have oh, to look it up. Is it just, is it an app <laughs> called mouse timer? Yeah, it's just a free app called mouse timer. Oh, that's, oh. So it's not like numbers. It's kind of like as, as time goes on, yeah. more apples disappear. Yeah. It's like more concrete instead of abstract. So they can see, okay, there's 20 apples. So I know I have 20 apples to finish this or, um, there's like a hundred apples. So I know I have a lot of time. And so they can kind of start to develop that concept of time. Do you leave your phone sitting next to them? Cause our kids would just take it and turn on a show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's a great pro tip. You can do, um, well, first of all, I usually just hold it. And if they want to look at it, I'll just like show them. You can leave out of the app and go back to the app and it will still go. Okay. Um, but if he does take it, you can do guided access. Do you have that on your phone? I don't, I don't. What is that? Do you have iPhone? Yes. Okay. You go to accessibility, you go to guided access. And then you can triple click like the home button and it will turn on guided access. So they can't touch anything. They can't leave out of that screen. Oh my goodness. You literally changed our life. (laughs) I've always wondered how the, like if there's a way to lock the screen so they can't get out of it. Yeah, there is. It's amazing. And you can set a timer. So if they have a show on, then it's like you get 35 minutes and then you don't forget because you can set the timer. There's all sorts of features in there. Yeah, because he does the sneaky thing when we do let him watch a show where he goes and hides somewhere and is so, so quiet. <laughs> that that is just so funny. We just forget a little bit until like 50 minutes oh, have yeah. gone by. And well, like, it's nice. Like, this yeah. has been a nice like, hour. I What's going on? Done. I know. Yeah. I'll be feeling all good about myself being like, oh, he's probably playing downstairs with blocks or uh-huh. something. But he's just holed up You're in like the hiding. blanket closet watching 
While we're on the topic of watching shows, um, telling him that we are done watching shows, we're going to go do something else is a big That's a transition issue. So that's that's another transition. So like, I guess letting him know that the show is going to be off and in five minutes he just doesn't really understand like he understands yeah 10 they seconds. don't understand that so especially with shows it's hard because there's another added layer going on so um because tv has advanced so much there's so many um images per second that are happening that are flashing in front of their eyes on the screen um i'm like talking with my hands and you can't see them uh, anyway there's like <laughs> there's like images just flashing 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 and so it activates the part of their brain that goes into fight or flight mode. And so when you turn it off, they turn into like a total crazy beast sometimes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, we watched makes... this show called Little Baby Bum and it more than any other show, it hypnotizes our children. And <laughs> Dallin and I are always saying to each other, there has to be some sort of like secret thing that they're doing that does this yeah. to children. And it it's is. Pop- it's just, yeah, it just puts them in this spot in their brain where they cannot think logically. Oh do you gosh. have a, do you have a favorite like, TV show for kids or like uh, a show that um, you most prefer your children to watch because it doesn't do that as much? Um, Probably so like Mr. Rogers. If you're trying to do it, if you're trying to do it where it's not like affecting their brain, uh-huh. then any show that's newer is, is has too much anima- animation. Um, so I like to rent like books from the library, like books on tape on DVD. And so if I really want them to have kind of a relaxed situation, and it would be like reading the book and the page, the animation doesn't move, but like it turns the page type of thing. Oh. Um, so you can get like scholastic books on DVD. He's going to hate I mean, my kid tomorrow. Watches, <laughs> but no, my kid watches like all sorts of shows. It's no, just, but that's a great know, idea. Yeah. It's, you just have to know that that is what's happening. So I think part of the battle is knowing they can't control it. As many like warnings as you give them, they cannot control their reaction. The longer that they watch, it's harder to get off. And then the other thing is um, like interactive iPad games or phone games are yeah, actually I was gonna worse ask you for about kids this. than passive TV. Do you can you like touch on that a little bit more? Yeah. So interactive games activate that part of the brain even more and passive you're just watching it but interactive it's too much stimulation for your brain and and your eyes and everything so um it's actually better which is crazy because you would think the opposite you're like oh yeah here's an educational abc game go Mm -hmm. at it um but it's just too much for their little brains to process at younger ages so that's why i kind of wish a lot of schools would take out the ipads and take out you know a lot of those like right in your face um yeah, like the smart boards and yeah, and I think some of it has a place, but then some of it is just like it's really hard for their brains to be able to process that. Well, like as a teacher, so, like when I was a teacher, I had no idea it could be detrimental, but I did know when I used things like the smart board and when I used, you know, like animation cartoons for teaching that schools love. Um, they were way more easy to teach or they were just more it was they were easier to handle as far as their behavior so it's something that is so rewarding to a teacher as far as behavior that it's I think it would be really something really hard to cut but even though it would be better to cut you know like it would be a really hard thing to institute. yeah 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 there's there's a time and place for all of it but I think like for young kids especially just like don't don't think that because it's an interactive game, it's going to be easier for them to get off. It's actually going to be like harder. And you can read the book, Reset Your Child's Brain. 
mm-hmm. for like all the science behind this. There's a lot of good books out there, but that's the one that I read and I really liked it. Huh. No, we totally will. Okay, we can move on to your your number two, which is emotional development. And this is kind of one I went to, I call it teacher school. I, I have like a bachelor's in early childhood education. I taught kindergarten and I kind of came into having kids with, with a very basic idea of emotional development. And that was something a little bit harder for Dallin to grasp. Like behavior isn't just black and white. It's not they're either behaving well or they're behaving bad. Like there is a an area of is this behavior emotionally like developmentally appropriate? Like, is this something to be expected at this age or this is something? Yeah. 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 Can you touch on that somewhere? Yeah. So, okay. So, um, when I talk about like emotional development, that's like one of my biggest things that I talk about because I feel like it's not as, um, stressed in the world right now or whatever. Um, but like even, okay. Quick story. So I was talking with my electrician like last year, he was like, just going through the house, doing all the lights. And he found out I had a master's degree from my husband, which I'm like, thank you for that. Not <laughs> anyways, he thought I was like the smartest lady ever. So he just kept like giving me his opinions on children. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> I think they just need to go back to beating kids and do do They behave so much better. Da-da-da. Anyways, he just like kept going on and on about spanking and all this stuff. And I'm like, you are exactly the reason why I want my kids to develop emotional development because as an older man, you don't have it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, these people who want to spank kids, it's because they haven't developed their own emotional development and intelligence yet. Right. Because they're not able to take a breath and calm down. They just want to smack a kid in the butt or just scream at the kids or whatever. Well, we read somewhere, so, we were reading a, a book, a positive parenting book or something, and it talked about how like research shows it doesn't help, but it, as far as the child's behavior... But it does help as far as the parent's stress level. Like it does release. So that's kind of why it's like it doesn't work. But that's why people kind of feel like it feels like it works because it makes them feel better when they do it. It makes them feel better. And it also like makes them show like makes them um, feel like they did something about the behavior. Right. Like they, they didn't just let it fly. But yeah, but research also shows that the cortisol level of the kids like can skyrocket, especially with more sensitive kids. And mm-hmm. so then they can't process anything and it gets worse. And they're like, why are you crying? Like, I'm going to spank you again, you know? Anyways, oh, it gets gosh. like super messy. <laughs> yeah. But I think the biggest thing with emotional development is to feel all of the feels. It is okay to cry. We just don't cry at the dinner table. So if you'd like to cry, you can cry in your room. Let me take you there. And when you're ready to come out, you can come out. That's what and I so say. Instead of like, Oh, that's awesome. Go <laughs> like Instead of doing like a time out, like where you're like, you're in trouble for five minutes, stay in here. And then you come back and give them a lecture. You just say, you know what? It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. If you're feeling frustrated, that's fine. We do not hit our siblings. So when you're ready to make safe choices with your body, then you can come join us again. We're and like, I just put him in the room. Lauren, we're literally like writing this down. Right now. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So when you, here's like kind of a detail question. When you do, do like put him in their room, um, do you make a big deal about it or do you just kind of like pick him up and put him in their room and just say what you said and then just kind of walk away? Yeah, I stay as neutral as possible. And I've done this since my kid was um, probably 21-ish months. Mm-hmm old and so he knows like if I put him in his room he can come out when he's ready like 100% he's like when he's ready he'll just walk out of there um it's harder for kids who are used to timeouts or used to other things and just like run right out of the room 
Um, That's kind but, of like we don't do timeouts. We've tried to do this whole like safe place thing and we're probably messing up somewhere. Um, but that's kind of our issue with it. George, our son, George just kind of comes out and yeah. like, and he doesn't I guess, really stay in there. And he, but he, he like, doesn't okay. wait till he's calm. He just kind of comes out angrier. Um, and I guess okay, we yeah. could just stick with it and just keep putting him in and saying that until he kind of gets it. Like there is no coming out until so you're calm. What I would do is I would say it the one time when you put him in and then every time he comes out, you just stay neutral and just put him back in there, but don't okay. say anything. So the least amount of, of attention for it as possible, because he'll realize, oh, if I keep coming out, then I'll keep getting them to talk to me. Right. That's whatever. what happens where we're just. So just literally don't say anything. Yeah. Don't say anything. So like same thing with like when my kid won't stay in his spot for nap. Um, I tell him, OK, it's time for nap. You're going to lay in your bed. He doesn't even nap anymore. But when he did, um, you got to stay in your bed. And then he like would come out and I would just pick him up and put him in. I wasn't mad. I wasn't happy. I total neutral face took him back in his room and i did this for an hour and a half one day like religiously did not make a sound i just put him back in his room and he did not ever do that again he's like okay i'm not gonna win this fight wow i just want you to live in my house lauren <laughs> you have to like be ready like you're like okay today my afternoon's open fine i'll do it today so that it doesn't have to happen ever again uh-huh. but the behavior often will get worse before it gets better and they're testing their limits. So if you basically, if you take him back in his room to the safe place, like over and over and over and over and over again, and then after you've done it 15 times, you're like, fine, you can just come out. Then he knows that he has 15 chances to come out and he'll just come out again next mm-hmm. time. So you have to be so consistent. Consistency is hard, but the more consistent you are in the beginning, the easier they're going to catch on and it'll be better for you in the long run. Huh. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about creating, like introducing a safe place? Like when you're doing this yeah. with your son, is that is his room his safe place or is that? Kind yeah, of... his room is his safe place. Okay. Just because I like to have a place where he can cry as loud as he wants. He can throw whatever he wants. Like, like it, his room doesn't have any toys in it. And so for you, it might be a different space. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him, it's just like his dresser in his bed and looks like some stuffed animals and some books. So it's like nothing's going to be completely destroyed if I put him in there. So that's where I put him. And for my daughter, I think hers is going to be in her room too. And she's about to that point where she needs a safe place. I actually used one yesterday with her. Yeah. But when they're really little, I start with, and I think our kids are about the same amount No, they're of the same age. That's age why I love her. you so much. Because I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's she doing with Maylee? Yeah. So she's starting to get ornery. She turns two in June. And she's been feisty for a couple months. 17 months to 36 months is like the peak of aggression for kids. Mm -hmm. And it's also like the hardest stage for me because at the beginning of that, there's like a lot of screeching and I don't like screeching. I have a really small like sound threshold. I like do not like the screech. Wait, so so that's how (laughs) Dallin is. So like, what do you do with screeching? Do you just kind of endure it or can you teach your kids like, sorry, like in our house, like dad's really sensitive to that so like when you're screeching you go to your safe space well for the little ones they're usually screeching because they want something and they don't have the skills to be able to communicate what they need Uh and so the ways to help with screeching would be to replace the screeching with their missing skill which would be like a baby sign yeah yeah okay 
Our little so girl. So instead of answering to the screech, which is the easiest thing to do to stop the screech, uh-huh. we have to say, stay please. And she doesn't say please. So I say, stay please. And then I grab her hand and see please on her thing. And then she'll end up learning how to say please over time. And now she'll say please right when I say it. Um, but I make her do something. Like, so even when they're even younger, I say, say more. And then they have to like touch their fists together. Like the baby said more. Uh-huh. Even if it doesn't really make sense, I want them to do something. <laughs> So that I'm not rewarding the screech. Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm That's just really excited good. to have a third baby one day so we can be like, okay, <laughs> we know how to do this <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> um, on your website, you say you don't want happy kids. You want authentic kids. Do you, uh, will you talk a little bit towards that and what the difference is? Yes. So this one, I think, um, like, obviously, we want our kids to be happy, right? But we don't want to force happiness. So if they're scared, um, we don't want to be like, there's not scared about, like, just go. Or if they're angry, like, you don't need to be angry about that. It's mm-hmm. fine. We don't want to dismiss the feelings that they're having because we want them to feel all of their feelings. That's all um, our therapist tells me and Ashley about each other. Yeah, we're in marriage counseling. And like, I <laughs> so mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same. Just thing. validating emotions. I mean, all of this is like for life skills, skills. Like if our kids learn this, they're going to be more emotionally intelligent than us in 10 years. Yeah. And it's just hard you know? teaching them this because we're like the emotionally crippled ones trying to teach someone to be <laughs> yeah, exactly. an Olympian with their emotions. Kind yeah. of. We weren't allowed to feel as children. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like the, your next line on your website says, instead of saying, don't cry or don't be mad, say, it's okay to cry. What can you do about this? Like growing up, I feel like I was told, don't cry, don't be mad <laughs> a lot. And it's on the tip of oh, our yeah. tongues every time there is a tantrum or every time there are huge emotions. Like it's on the tip of well, my tongue. to We say, don't want to hear it. Yeah. But it's like, if someone, if I was like super sad, like say like my friend died or my cat died or I was really upset because I wasn't invited to something, like I probably wouldn't be like super crying about that, but maybe I would be. Anyways, if my husband came in and said, don't cry, I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah, I hate when I'm told to not feel how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't need to be angry about this. Just get over it. It's like, no, I need you to validate my feeling. Let me feel it and then it'll work itself out. But let me just feel it first. So yeah. is that what you were going to... Uh, I, I feel like I cut you off there with a uh, can continue with what I'm saying. Like what you were saying, it's okay to tell kids to, to feel what they're, it's okay that the kids are feeling what they're feeling, but then what? Yeah. Where's the line where like, I want to be supportive of you in this moment, but also like, like ha- teaching appropriate behavior, but also like helping like, them to. It's not great to like throw a tantrum at Costco. Yes, absolutely. So, it's okay to cry or, okay, so let's, let's go with mad. So they're, they're mad about something. They want to throw a fit at, at Costco. Yeah. Let's go with this one. Cause it happens it's every okay week. It's okay to be mad. Cause it happens every, yeah. It's okay to be mad. But when you're mad, you can't do this. So here are some choices you can do when you are mad. So I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty positive that, um, on my blog, there's, um, a blog about the mad chart. I don't know for sure. I can search it, but anyways, it's somewhere, I'm sure, and I can even give it to you if you have show notes. But mm-hmm. there's a mad chart that I have for Charlie. And if he's mad, he can choose to hug a pillow or scream outside, um, take a dragon breath, or take a break. Like, those are his four choices. Uh-huh. So when he was having, like, these tantrums early on in his twos, uh-huh. and I have a whole course, like, about tantrums, but he, like, he had, like, these 
four choices, and then every time he's mad, instead of him throwing a tantrum, I said, remember, you can choose to breathe, or remember, you can choose to scream outside, or remember, you can hug something, or you can take a break. And so if you're having, like, if you're feeling angry, that's okay. But hitting your sister or throwing a fit in the store or refusing to walk is not okay. So what are one of your four choices that you want to do? So, And then if they don't do it, you just move them to their safe place. What happens? So if you're in the okay, store. Yeah, so the emotion is okay, but the behavior is what you address. Yes, absolutely. Is the whole- and that's where, like, the misconception is. The behavior is, or the emotion is 100% okay. What you do with that emotion is where there are boundaries. Is the hope that you've kind of practiced it enough and you have this down, you've gotten it down so much in kind of like green light moments or at home Yes. that when you go yes. to the store, you can say, you know what, we don't have a pillow, but you could like hug yourself really hard or I don't like, yeah. you, you can't scream here. So if it's constantly happening in the store, I would make one that would work for like in the store. So like, say you're going in say, Hey, sometimes you get mad in the store. So if you get mad today, would you like to, um, hold this stuffed bear or would you like to do this? And you give him like whatever two choices you have right there. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets mad, you like remind him. So, but the biggest key is yes, practice in the green arrow moments because you can't teach the skill when they're in their emotional state of their brain and not thinking logically. So we want to practice as much as possible so that the brain's rewired to automatically go there when they feel that strong emotion. At at the point of when they're having a breakdown, does the is the job of a parent just kind of to be a, a comfort and to kind of keep them in a like give them a safe place wherever you they are? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, you don't want to like reward the screaming and kicking and crying. Um, so if it's to try to get out of something and you like. Hand reward that behavior with, with the exact thing that they want right. for acting that way like that's at, hard at costco we just hand him a, a phone with a video on it or something so but, probably what's happening is he knows he gets the phone and so he does that so he gets the phone right and so when he starts to feel frustrated he could have the skill to be able to ask for the phone right instead of crying to get the phone like either way he's gonna get the phone so if he had the skill to be able to ask for that when he's starting to feel bored or need a break, then that can be something he works on. Right. So even if we're not, we're not like opposed to giving them him the phone, if, if he's doing a whole, a whole screaming thing for it at the store, kind of do what you did with your daughter. Like he needs to, to vocalize yep. it in an appropriate way. Yeah. And, um, but probably the phone's not a great go-to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's survival mode. So the biggest thing is, like, if you're going to use the phone, just don't reward challenging behavior with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, if he does freak out, do you, would you just... Ignore it? Like, I probably wouldn't give him the phone. Yeah. Just not at all? Which or would you, like... because you're probably in... Co- until they calm down, at least. Okay. Would you, like... At, at what point would you say, like, okay, I'm not rewarding the first behavior. I'm rewarding the, the second time when he did it a lot better, like wait a little while or just like so maybe maybe you say yeah like right then they can really be kind of like smart enough to figure out okay i can like turn this off to ask for the sun ice right so i would say we're gonna go down this aisle and this aisle and if you can be good for this aisle and this aisle then you can ask me for the phone that's good okay cool This is so good. This wasn't supposed to turn into Dallin and I's own personal therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this will help a lot of people. Um, I think so too. Yeah, not just us. I I feel like it's pretty um, 
I don't think this we're the only ones with this issue. We have one more behavioral question, and then we can get on to creating a Christ-centered home. Our our twenty-two month old is starting to kind of have that aggression that you were talking about, and and she'll get really mad and hit us. Like it doesn't hurt. She's just you know like she's only. It's the cutest little smack, but but yeah. it is she still done does with it. Great anger and <laughs> and I don't know like what her communication levels are. I don't know. And and would we just do what you're doing with the, what what did you say again? If if you can't use your body in a safe way, like you can't, like you need to be in your room. Is that what you said? Yeah, like if if your you're like yeah, just along those same lines. Like your body is choosing, to, you're choosing to not be safe with your body, so you need to come into your your choose. Like it's so. I think that's the big thing. It's like we're not putting in them them in their room, like. Right. It's just separating. They're choosing to go into their room because of the choice they're making. Right. They have an expectation. They make a choice. They know their choice lands them in the room versus this like overpowering control where it's like you choose to put them in the room. Like if you if you go about it the right way and you say, oh, your body's not being safe. So let's go into a safe place where you can do it's whatever. How you word it. Then it's uh, or, a result of their choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just you being like doling out punishments like, oh, that really yeah. made me mad. 20 minutes. or Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, there was something else I was going to say about, oh, so like when she hits you, because she's so young, she won't understand the safe place yet. So the safe place at first, and I don't know if I finished this thought earlier, um, the safe place at first, I just sit by them, like on the couch. And sometimes that means I'm wrapping their, with my arms and their arms, I wrap them into like a folded position and just breathe with them okay. or, um, just anything to help them calm down and show them that that's what we're doing. So maybe leave the room with them and like go calm down together in a rocking chair or something. But yeah, usually when you're starting the safe place, you do it together to just help them learn the skills of we're going to take a break from what we're doing. And then we can go back when we're calm. And do you use those, you use those same words that you would use with an older child to kind of help build context. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And cool. it's, you're not, you're, you're choosing to, not be safe with your body. Say it one more time for me. Um, I don't know if I'm even saying the same thing every time, but you're choosing to not be safe with your body. So we're going to go calm down until we're ready to make safe choices. Okay. Cool. I can say that. Yeah. I can do that. She'll, she'll figure out what that means. Eventually. I feel like one of the most frustrating <laughs> parts of parenthood of being a parent is not having like the answers to these things. Like I hear you say that and I'm like, Oh, I can do that. Like, and, and hearing someone who kind of knows and who's studied tell me like a good strategy, I can like faithfully follow that through versus kind of like making my own, Oh, maybe this will work. And then you just kind of feel hopeless every time it doesn't work. And like you made a bad decision. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying my best. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, even me, like since I teach this all the time, it's a good reminder for me. Like I learned this stuff in school, but if I don't stay up on it and I don't like consciously put good information about parenting into my head mm -hmm. then it sometimes it gets lost and you get frustrated so I'm just like staying up on it here talking about it with people like having a positive parenting coffee that you can hang out with that kind of thing all helps yeah totally okay let's move on to creating a Christ-centered home where does this fit into to like your guys's home like how does it look with you guys so it's definitely not perfect right it never <laughs> which is okay because we're doing our best. Mm -hmm. um, we could definitely be doing better. But I think one of the big things is like, same things with like, I don't know, diets. And just like when you're when you try to like work out every day or try to read your scriptures every day, sometimes a goal like that's so like, you have to do this every day. 
becomes so hard for me personally Uh to do. And so we take it like little by little. And so the way that I have like incorporated this the most like into my home is to first create an environment where like there's a picture of Jesus or the temple or um, something in all of our main living spaces. And then the next thing is to have like all of our come follow me and just like our scriptures in a really close area to our main place where we are. So I have a little shelf that's next to my table and it has like my scriptures and it has some like good books for the kids and it's just right there. So then when we're having breakfast or lunch or dinner and we're sitting down, I can just grab that and I don't have to like set carve out a time every day, this half hour. It's just like kind of there organically as part of our life. Um, and then on my fridge, I just have like kind of like our goals for the week in each of the areas. I have a free printable for this. It's like spiritual, intellectual, um, what are the <laughs> social, social physical? and physical. Yeah. Yes. So, and then every week I can just kind of change it, like what our family goals are. So it's like, we'll do a play date with cousins this week or, you know, just like little things. Mm-hmm. And it has a picture of Jesus in the middle. So it just kind of reminds us like, here are some things that we can do to just bring the focus towards Christ and towards like where we want to go this year. Do you guys have a family meeting every once a week to fill that out? Um, nope. I just do it. You just do it? <laughs> Eventually I think we will, but right now, nope. Uh-huh. No, I think that's My awesome. My husband's not huge on goals, so. <laughs> right. Well, he likes goals. He just doesn't like sitting down with me and planning his goals. I know you say that, but I know like you guys have both started multiple businesses. So I know you, yeah, he yeah, must yeah. be a goal person. We Let's talk about that kind of as we wrap up, just kind of you and your husband's relationship, how you kind of have created a safe place for him. I know he has a farm. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Um, (laughs) and a roofing company. And I know you're, you do like so many little things along with being a mother, along with having the exo Lauren pace, like being a, a behavioral specialist for families and for the world through your platforms. How do you guys kind of like switch roles and, and manage parent co-parenting as Along well. with keeping your relationship strong. Okay, so there was a lot in there. So I hope there was I a lot in there. all of it. Just kind of talk <laughs> about okay, what's coming so, to your heart the most. Okay, so first of all, like me and my husband, we both, I don't know if you've ever done the color personality test, but we were both when we did it, like in our, we had this marriage class that we did before we got married and institute. Anyways, we both were reds. Oh boy. <laughs> and I think so, I'm yeah, exactly. Orange. Orange? So our, is that, I'm maybe like, it's I don't a different know if there is an orange. Test. Okay. No, there's like, there's yellow, white, red, and blue. Oh, I took a different one in school. I don't oh. know. It was like orange, green, Yeah, there's yellow. tons. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones. Oh, that's ones. cool. Okay. So the ones that we did, it was like the red, yellow, whatever. And I used to be like a yellow in high school, but like as I've grown up, I'm just like total red and he's total red. But luckily we're red in different things, which has been awesome because um, sometimes he really cares about what the plan is and sometimes I really care about what the plan is. So, um, hold on. What is, what does red usually mean? Like what dominant, is, so you're like, like the boss. Okay. You're like the, the, you're in control. Okay. You're the powerhouse. Does that cause know. issues sometimes if you're both red? You know what? We, we, our Institute teacher told us, uh, good luck. <laughs> really? <laughs> <That's great. laughs> but honestly, we don't fight very often at all. And if we do, it's kind of like a very like, he'll be quiet or I'll be quiet and then eventually we'll get over it type of thing. So it has not been rough 
for us, luckily. Cool. <laughs> but, like, when we found that out, we're like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is going to be a long haul. But what was really cool is, like, he's, like, a boss and a go-getter in his own area, and I'm in my own area. And then we just complement each other really well. So he started, well, he went to school, and then he decided, like, he had been roofing, like, all of his boyhood. Uh-huh. And so he, like, decided to start a roofing company. And um, I was like, okay, my parents are both entrepreneurs. So I'm like, okay, that's fine with me. Like, there's a huge risk there when you decide to start your own company. Yeah. Um, but it, like, worked out really well, and he's done really good. So then... Um, he, we got all this neighborhood drama where he was parking too many trucks in the driveway type of thing, even though it's our own driveway. Anyways, we got reported to the committee. He's like, I got to get into a new place that has more land. So we moved out here to the place we're currently at. It's on three acres. And in the back is like a shop and just has tons of land for like all of those trucks to park. That's awesome. That's and like he had dream. never hunted before, like until like the year before. And then all of a sudden he's like, let's raise pheasants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. And I'm just kind of like go with the flow. Like sometimes I'll give them a hard time. Like, um, do we really need to buy that? But most of the time I'm like, yeah, okay, let's put 300 pheasants in the backyard. Wow. Um, yeah. So we got baby chicks this last June. And so now he has like this pheasant farm and his dream is to get like, I don't even remember hundreds of acres of land somewhere and do like a sporting club. So like he just, I just love it because he's always a big dreamer and he doesn't just stop at what he's doing. He like goes on and on and on and doesn't ever like just be comfortable. Uh-huh. And that's my personality too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like I could just like rock the same tantrum class that I have forever, but I'm like, no, I want to create more. And we both just like to create and have this passion to like keep going. Uh-huh. So he's added on another part to his business. That's like a roof treatment program that extends like your roof without re-roofing it. Anyway, Lots it's of, crazy. So cool. No, I think that's awesome. We have a lot going on. And also he has hunting dogs, so he wants to like breed bulls. Yeah, you so guys have dogs. We have two dogs. Crazy stuff. And I'm always oh, no. like... We have two indoor and three outdoor. Oh, uh-huh. man. I'll probably get crap for that because some people don't like that, but they have heated beds, so they're fine. You know what? <laughs> they're okay. Especially like the hunting dogs usually have like pretty warm fur and they're usually pretty well and also they don't apparently they don't do as well if they live inside like hunting because their natural instinct is to be out there yeah okay take it as it comes are the pheasants very nice to you guys do they like you or are they pretty fierce i got attacked Um, by a pheasant once up in vernal that's so funny well it was just i think Uh, it was a mom pheasant and i didn't know i was walking by her nest and she just oh that probably would be yeah they just run they run as soon as we go out there okay (laughs) Their first instinct is to run and not fly. So it's really funny to watch. Cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I want to farm so bad. Someday. Anyways, I don't know if I answered all of your questions there, but like... Oh, what do you just, guys do think, to like to keep your relationship strong with all these other things that you just talked about that you have going on? Yeah, kids, yeah, businesses, so, dogs, pheasants. That's... I think what I really like about like all of our passions, well, maybe not so much the roofing because I'm not about to go out there in the two degrees right. and roof with him. Um, but like the pheasant and the pheasants and the dogs and all of that, we are all involved in it. So, um, it's like become like, okay, let's grab one of the dogs and go on the ranger up the mountain today, or let's go hunting together. So I think it's because like, mostly because I'm 
easy, not to say like I'm the reason why this is working, but <laughs> I'm easy going to do all of the guy type of things like go hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we're able to like make that part of our relationship. And then the other thing is like for this year, 2020 specifically, my goal was to just like really, because I had like this health scare in October. Yeah. And so my goal for 2020 was to really um, prioritize my relationships. So every week I have a goal of like a one-on-one time with PJ, something extra special with my kids, and then something extra special with one of my girlfriends. Um, And so like maybe that's a date or maybe that's like helping him go to Salt Lake and do a roofing presentation or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I really have tried to prioritize that every week. And like so far, I mean, it's going really well. And I feel like our relationship is stronger than it's ever been. Um, because we help each other with our projects and he, so he doesn't help me with any of the parenting stuff. Like I love to do all of my websites and classes and all that. And I do all of his websites and stuff. Um, but he helps me out by helping with the kids when I work. Right. So, yeah. So it's just like a really good balance that we have going on. And yeah, as he comes to some of my parenting classes, he understands emotional development more and it's like cool seeing him develop into a parent too so it's fun that's awesome lauren we just love you so much yeah thank you so much for taking this time (laughs) this is like i've learned a lot and we need to go back and like listen to this i usually try to edit you know pretty quickly but i'm gonna go through this whole thing like at one time speed (laughs) so yeah thanks again and uh where can like everybody who wants to go and and learn more about what you teach and the courses you have to offer like where can people find you um, com or on Instagram at Pace or on a Facebook group called Raising Emotionally Healthy Children with um, Excel Parenting. I'm pretty sure it's called Excel. Anyways, it's called Facebook.com slash group slash Excel Parenting. Awesome. Cool. We'll put those all in the show notes too. So don't anyone who's Perfect. listening right now, don't feel like you have to pull over and write these down. Your only task <laughs> is figuring out how to access show notes because I don't even know if I know how to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Lauren. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, thanks, guys.